One of the big concerns that I've heard quite a bit is, oh, well, we're going to replace people. And I think to an extent, yes, we reduce workload or we reduce the amount of people that we need for mundane or simple tasks, but we actually get a more complex workforce. We get a more sophisticated workforce. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. Today on the show, we are joined by none other than the contact center whisperer herself, Juanita Coley of Solid Rock Consulting, who is a workforce management expert and an incredible advocate for women in tech. Juanita, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I don't think I've ever been intro like that. So amazing. Well, hey, I did my research and I definitely looked you up online, checked out your LinkedIn page. You definitely have a lot of resources for folks. And I have to mention, I'm so glad you're here today because the first time we attempted to record this podcast, it was right after Hurricane Ian and you were in the aftermath of that. So thank you so much for, for being here with us today. Is everything all settled? It is. You know, um, life is getting back to some sort of normal. And I'm not as far down south where Ian made landfall, but it has slight roof damage, but I'm above ground. I'm here. I'm grateful and I'm excited to be talking to you. So all is well. Awesome. Well, we're happy to have you here as well. And our topic is all about AI machine learning and how it can fuel the future. And we've got an environment now where this multi-channel environment, sources of information and questions and people coming in all different directions from so many different sources is a big challenge. So in your opinion, with more transactions coming in via these digital channels, what role do you see AI and machine learning playing for workforce management solutions to really accurately forecast and staff all those multi-channel interactions within the environment? You know, I talk about this a lot because I think that as technology increases, as AI and machine learning increases, it's, it's not like this is a new concept, right? AI has been around for quite some time now. So this is not new. But I think as it increases and comes into the contact center environment more, I believe that the human experience is one of the things that I like to talk about becomes even that much more critical from a agent perspective of how they're handling, you know, more complex types of engagements and transactions. But also, I think it also becomes much more critical from how we forecast and predict the volume that's going to come in. Case in point, if we think about a transaction that or an environment where a transaction can start off on the web chat. So say you're leveraging web chat in your organization and they're like, hey, I'm having this issue. Let's call it telehealth. Hey, I'm having this issue. I'm, I'm having this cough, blah, 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 blah. And the doctor or whomever they're talking to says, well, let me look at that. You know, let me look at your throat. Right. Then that has to then move over. Right. Transfer to video. Right. So now we have a transaction or interaction that started off as web chat that moves over to video that may move to a phone call. Well, traditionally in the contact center, we would forecast individually for those channels. And we would have resources skilled by those particular channels. Well, as AI and machine learning and agent assist and all of those different things increase, how we forecast for those individual channels become that much more challenging. So that's one of the things that I can foresee being challenged. But I think it even makes that role even more critical. 
No, it absolutely does. Because if the forecast isn't there to know that with that type of customer asking questions, you may see time delays increase as you have to set up a new video interaction, anticipating those needs, I'm sure keeps the customers really happy as well, because they just want to feel better and get the info they need. So when it comes to switching back and forth between all these transactions, it sounds like the multi-skill strategy with employees is going to make a huge difference according to your research. And you're saying that today's modern workforce management practice is really challenged because you're trying to fully understand the impact of multi-skilled employees on the required line. So what are the benefits that you've seen with organizations that really choose to encourage contact centers to build those multi-skilled type of employees? Yeah, that's a really good question. So uh, I'll give you a story. I love stories. So I was I was in an organization, it was a mortgage company, and every interval, they were taking five agents off of the phones to attend to chat. So these channels were separate. So they had phone agents, of course, that phone agents could do customer service. They could take mortgage payments. They were full service. They could do everything. But they also, every interval, like I said, they took five agents off of the phone so that they could attend to chat to kind of give that greater customer experience. However, the caveat was that chat agents could not handle payments. And what was happening was they had a very high abandonment rate on the phone side, but you had chat agents that would be idle sometimes. So when I came in, I did an assessment. I looked through all of their channels. I'm like, listen, you really need an omni-channel solution in an environment because just because you have omni skills does not mean you're omni-channel. Like, so you have agents that can do phone, you have agents that can do chat, you have agents that can do email, but they weren't in a blended environment. And so we discovered that they were missing about $10 million in mortgage payments because they simply were dropping calls from abandonment calls. Those chat agents weren't able to take those payments. So once we were able to blend them, truly get them an omni solution and blend those agents to where, hey, if I'm not taking a phone call, I can handle a chat. And if I'm not handling a chat, I can pick up the phone call. Like that's a true omni environment. Then they were able to realize about $10 million in mortgage payments, right? So revenue saved. I think that that's going to be the impact in the power. With just that example, you can see in that mortgage company, the power of having a true omni-channel blended type of environment. Wow, that's a that's a great story. And you're right. When a customer is calling and ready to make a payment, but the agent can't handle the payment, they may get frustrated to the point of not initiating another interaction for quite a while, which can keep delaying. So wow, that's a that's a great story to really explain that analogy there. So How does one go on to forecast the type of needs that you have along with forecasting the types of skills that your agents need? How do you match those forecasts up? Well, I think at first you're going to start with the channels that you have and the channels that you have are going to depend be dependent on what your customer is saying, how they want to engage with your business. So many times I think organizations will say, we're going to do web chat. Well, if your customers aren't asking for web chat or they don't engage with you via web chat, why would you do web chat? (laughs) You're just going to stand up a, a channel that's not going to be used, right? 
And so when I think when we think about matching skills with the agent, we have to first understand the channel, like, okay, what is the volume that comes into this channel? And do I have that skill set inside of my organization? Because we can skill people, right? We can train people to handle interactions based on the channel. So voice is still a very potent and powerful channel, but so are other channels that are emerging like video. So I think it depends on your channels that you have that you're uh, invoking in your organization and matching that up with the skill set of people that you have. But forecasting for it is just a mirror of saying, how are my customers engaging with my organization and the sheer volume of that and then finding the talent that matches that resource. Yeah, it sounds like we really need to listen to what the agent is telling us as well. These are the skills that I have and want to build upon. So interacting with the agent can probably make them feel more heard and probably more engaged in their part of the role as well. So with all the different possibilities that are out there, the different agents, the different channels that they can be contacting an organization through, there are actually ways that groups can run what-if scenarios to play out these situations in advance. Tell us about this type of technology. When I was a forecaster, I loved doing what-if scenarios. That was like my playground. I used to have a thing when I worked at United Healthcare, I would call it <laughs> uh, System Issue Monday and Paycheck Friday. And so I knew from just from watching trends and in those different things that Mondays we were going to have system issues, air quote, air quote. Right. And so I knew my attrition, not attrition, but my shrinkage was going to be higher. And then on Fridays, people are getting paid. We're all of a sudden sick and we need to make trips to the mall to get better. And so we would have a higher shrinkage there. So I would run different scenarios so that I would have what we called playbooks. And so then I would create these playbooks. Hey, if my staffing comes in at this percentage, then I know that I need to leverage some BPO support, or I know that I need to move these lunch and learns breaks that I've put on the schedule. What I'm saying is... I think the power of running and having technology that allows for you to run what if scenarios allows you to be more planned, you know, allows you to have a more planful approach and you're never going to be a hundred percent spot on, but the better you plan, the better you perform, then the better we'll be prepared for day of issues like the IVR going down or half your staff calling out because it's Thanksgiving weekend or whatever the case may be. So does that answer your question? Absolutely. No, it's so smart because instead of pretending like those challenges don't exist or that they won't happen or maybe calling them something else, you're saying, look, people take off early on days like this. Let's plan for it and find a realistic approach. With with AI simulators out there, we're also seeing more work becoming automated. So in your perspective, what does this mean for the workforce management staff with more automation being worked in? I think that the more automation we have, the more critical the workforce manager role becomes. Because again, we're used to work traditionally, the discipline of workforce management, we say volume times HT gives me workload, right? And if I know my workload, I know what staff I need. It's the Erlang formula, right? So it's it's just numbers. But when we start to think about, okay, well, part of that interaction was handled by chat or or, um, artificial intelligence. How do I forecast that? 
I think that the workforce management role becomes that much more critical. And then also as we implement things like agent assist cards and the just-in-time learning where maybe training no longer is four weeks or eight weeks because, hey, I can hire mass amounts of people and put in all the information in my knowledge management system. And as the system is listening, as the telephone, the telephony is listening to what the agent and the customer is saying, it's popping up the answers real time. Well, that decreases the training time that an agent has to spend in training. But then what that also does is now as a workforce manager or operational lead, now I have to be thinking about, okay, how do I make sure that I get them the coaching and the training that they need in real time? That's a resource. That's a staffing challenge. One of the big concerns that I've heard quite a bit is, oh, well, we're going to replace people. And I think to an extent, yes, we reduce workload or we reduce the amount of people that we need for mundane or simple tasks, but we actually get a more complex workforce. We get a more sophisticated workforce. Yeah, you're right. Each agent, I'm sure, has kind of a different pie chart of their experience level, the information that's coming in from the automated side, and it's probably different with each one. So forecasting there's got to be incredibly complicated, but the more training will increase that overlap there. So Juanita, as we head into the future now, why don't you tell us what advancements in AI we can expect to see in our workforce management solutions and also how it can align with the real goals of contact centers today? I'm anticipating more agent assist things, more gig type scheduling. I'm predicting that Gig scheduling will become more of a thing where forecasters will put out, like we do now, we forecast by the increment, you know, by the 30 minute or 15 minute increment. I am anticipating the day when we're scheduling like that, because I think that that's where we're going to be going, where people can say, hey, I'll work these 15 minutes, this 30 minutes, just like a very like a Uber model, so to speak. Hey, yeah, I'll go pick this up or yeah, I'll drop you off here, but then they can go and do their own thing as they will. I think that we'll also see more channels come into play. Like again, omni-channel is not a new thing, but I think we'll see that actually feed into our workforce management solutions better. Right now we have voice, chat, email, all of these different channels, video, but do they connect with our workforce management solutions and feed in? Is that data feeding in well? So I think that that's going to be a big thing that the customer is asking for it. I'm excited for the day that the suppliers are are making that available. Yep, you're right. More flexibility, more data, and turning that data into real forecasts that will get more and more precise as we go. Well, Juanita, I've really enjoyed our chat today. As we wrap up, why don't you let folks know where they can find you and, and get in touch to learn more about you? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me at JuanitaColey.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm on all the socials, okay? If you just look for me on any of the socials, if you look for Juanita Coley or the Contact Center Whisperer, you will find me on all social media platforms, but primarily on LinkedIn. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. 
This podcast is brought to you by Nice, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to nice.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end CX solutions. That's nice.com.